You know what that sound means. Welcome back to Just a Tip Off, the NBA podcast that is also no called no showing on the NBA preseason with James Harden. And we're not going to show until we get paid or traded. He, he would prefer the, the latter. I could do the latter. Yeah. I don't think he'd go play. Yeah. I mean, I mean, geez, at this point, like, is there a franchise he would be happy with? Not sure. Not sure. The one that pays him. Yeah. Well, apparently, no well, amount of. Lie to him, yeah. Both. Or that that holds their word and gives them pizza like they promised they would do. Okay. <laughs> he really wants that pizza. It's, it was the off season. You know, he bulks up. He bulges out a little bit in the off season. <laughs> it, uh, we've seen it. He's getting older. He's getting older. So we are uh, sliding in here just under the deadline to uh, review the West Coast Conference here as the 2023-2024 NBA season starts tomorrow. So we're going to go ahead and do a quick quick little rundown of the Western Conference here. We did the Eastern Conference with Sam some 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 time ago. Not too bad, not too bad. Um, Give them the time to breathe. Yeah, you know, t- time for everyone to really take in that Eastern Conference podcast. We and- had to wait for the stuff to shift because in the meantime, there were some trades. There were some people mm-hmm. who moved destinations. So we figured, why make two podcasts when we could just give it to you in one? Exactly. So for the Western, who's going to start it off? Well, they've updated the standings on the ESPN app to reflect the preseason standings because we went from bottom to top uh, in the East. So let me pull up last year's standings because, of course, those aren't on ESPN anymore. But I'm pretty sure it was the Houston Rockets. Kind of got shafted in the draft. <laughs> they didn't get, yeah. Well, they, they, they did get one of the Thompsons, so it was really Detroit who got shafted. That's right. Um but anywho, Houston Rockets, give it to me. The Houston Rockets. I'm just gonna make sure that the Rockets were finished. Oh no, the Spurs. The Spurs. Oh, well, they tie with the Rockets, so we'll start with the Rockets since we've already started. The Rockets. They finished 22 and 60 last season, and for off-season moves, they signed Dylan Brooks, Reggie Bullock, Jeff Green, Aaron Holiday. Jock Landel, Boban Marjanovic is back in the league. Um, they got Victor Oladipo and Jeremiah Robinson Earl in a trade with the Thunder. And then Freddie Van Fleet agreed Woo! to a three-year deal with the Rockets. So I guess you're really looking at what they did. You're looking at bringing in Fred Van Fleet to pair with Jalen Green. And then I guess you have Dylan Brooks, who during the FIBA World Cup announced himself as the world's best defender. Well, they also kicked Kevin... Porter Jr. to the curb. Yes, they did. Or he yeah. rather strangled his way out of there. Yeah. Well, they who, <laughs> someone traded for him, and then they immediately okay, released. Casey Thunder got yeah. two second-round picks for him. Yeah. That's the going rate for a terrible situation. That's what the Cleveland Cavaliers got. That's what the uh, – or Dave. That's what yeah. the Houston Rockets gave. Yeah. He, he, <laughs> he had some issues, and the Cavs sent him away, and the Rockets like, we can fix these issues. And the Rockets were like, no, no we can't. We cannot. <laughs> So, Yikes. so he's gone now, and so the Rockets—they're in a weird spot. I I feel like because wait, wait, sorry, sorry, hang on. Before we move on to that next part, not only did they give up on, they kicked him to the curb. They sent him to OKC, the place that everybody sends their their players for reclamation projects or for a turnstile of where can we help you find a new place. 
And what what happened when they went to the OKC Thunder? Um, they, he was waived immediately. That's the, the the press reported. He was waived immediately. Yeah, uh, you know, hard to say if he's ever gonna be in. No. Although you gotta wonder because guys like Miles Bridges are able to still get a job. That's true. That is true. So I'm a little kind of confused on the the Rockets here. I mean, I know it's not that Fred Van Fleet's old, but he's not good. (laughs) (laughs) The Rockets are going to be good. Like I think he's going to be a good fantasy player because he's going to put up points on the Rockets. No one has to. But but, I mean, he was supposed to do that on Toronto last year, and he's still going to sort. Well, because Toronto's actually got better talent than the Rockets. But like, so the Rockets. You know, I I saw them more as in this group with the Pistons and kind of the Magic, a little behind the Thunder, I think. But, like, in terms of just, okay, we got young guys. And then they bring in this point guard who's supposed to, I guess, be the star slash lead of this team who doesn't... Well, it moves moves Jalen Green to to shooting guard, so I can understand that. The guy who needed the ball in his hands less. Because last year was, uh, yeah, whew, man, that was interesting. Uh, he was just all over the place with just bull in a china shop energy, and uh, I think to have that a little bit more channeled and focused will be uh, a benefit. Uh, putting Dylan Brooks on the other side of it is an odd choice, I'll, I'll say, but yeah, it'll give you defense, and I'm sure you're going to need it with with that backcourt. <laughs> um, so there's that. And wow, how have we gone this long without mentioning Jabari Smith Jr. Uh, yes, this is he is probably going to be the bright spot of this team. You would hope oh, up and down, up and down rookie year, up and down rookie year. Um, Summer league did give us some promising uh, hope. I yeah, suppose. but a lot. I, the, uh, you know, it's kind of like I don't know. It, Summer league, it's it's always hard to take what what Summer league gives you and and really you know put some weight into that because it's like, yeah, okay, you've had good. a year in the league. I, I should hope that you're outscoring the, the 17 year olds <laughs> that just got drafted. Like, come on. So, I mean, it, it, I don't expect this. I think they're going to be better than last year. Not that that's overly hard I would hope so. I, I think their over-under was just like somewhere around 29. Yeah. That wouldn't surprise oh me. Um, and you're adding, I'd say, again, Eamon Thompson and Cam Whitmore out of Villanova. Give me two solid um, picks, I think. But, it, you know, it'll be interesting. They do have a, a lot of younger players. So, at this point, it's, it, you know, it's going to be developing this younger talent. And then, I guess, you have Fred Van Fleet there. Teddy Freddy. We'll see if he can write the ship. Oh, and don't forget about new head coach in the Udoka. That's true. That's true. It'll be quite I will be tuning into the Houston Rockets quite a bit this uh the league pass team. Definitely a league pass team for me. Oh, Alper and Shingoon, too. Damn, I forgot. They got some fun players on this team. Oh, I don't know if they'll be able to work together, but it went <laughs> league pass team. League yeah. pass team. Yeah. Alright, that moves on to the San Antonio Spurs. They uh, re-signed Zach Collins, uh, re-signed Trey Jones. They got Chidi Osmond and Lamar Stevens in a trade with the Cavs and the Heat. And they extended Devin Vassell 
um, who or Vassell, who had a pretty good end of the season, and obviously they drafted Victor Webinyama. Winner, winner, chicken dinner. Yeah, Wemby. So to go along with kind of Kelton Johnson um, is kind of their other bigger piece, I guess you could say. Um, yeah, yeah, he'll be the power forward. But so I mean, at this point, like, all right, what? What's Webinyama gonna do? That's kind of it for the Spurs. There, someone I I think he's been jumping off the screen in his preseason and yeah, in summer league. Yeah, someone was like, you know, they were talking about someone was putting in like percentages or like odds to get to win an NBA title, and someone was like, the Spurs have like a point oh one percent chance because you just never know how good Webinyama is gonna be. And I'm like, <laughs> okay, like. Hey man, I get. I it. agree. He, he could be. Good. He could be good, but he's not going to be that good. At the gate, that's pretty tough. You got to come in usually with an established veteran or established player to like win that early, like Magic. But he, even LeBron took some time. Kobe, Michael Jordan, all these great players took a lot of time to develop and even learn how the league is played. But to be fair, I've also never seen anybody block a three pointer while being on the foul, uh, the free throw line. So. I, I really don't know anymore what's possible. He's pretty blank. Uh, injury is always the, the thought on the mind, and hopefully it never happens. Uh, but let's just uh, – I think that's going to be what the Spurs are most cautious of. So his time on the floor, I would guess from the jump, is going to be metered. He's going to get the uh, 2014 – or sorry, 2015 Kawhi Leonard treatment. Sorry, 2016 Kawhi Leonard treatment. Uh, from the medical staff, <laughs> and they're going to try to don't rock the boat. Mm-hmm. So, uh, which well, makes me wonder about his, their, their chances for um, for playoffs, playoffs, and for playing for betting for like uh, mo- or rookie of the year, all that kind of stuff. I mean, you got to think, barring an injury, he's going to win rookie of the year, right? Or if he only plays twenty minutes a night. Ah. What if he only plays 20 minutes? That's entirely possible on the Spurs. That's I watched true. all of their preseason games, and he played, I'll be honest, a couple of quarters, which is fair for preseason. But if he only plays 24 minutes a night, 28 minutes a night, 28 minutes a night is probably the most that he's going to play. I couldn't. I don't think he's going to play more than that. We'll see. We'll see if he's that good, and he can play for that long. But he's still got to get used to that many games. Yeah, I mean it. Yeah, it'll it'll be interesting, you know, especially because the last guy who was as highly touted touted as maybe not as highly, but the last big guy, Zion, Zion can't stay on the the court right now. Different type of body. We'll see. Very different. Very different. So you think you think they have about the New Orleans? Like yeah, what what do you put their playoff? Uh, Let's say. Playing game chances at because I don't think they can. I don't think they're good enough to be a straight up playoff team. I don't think they're going to be a top six. But what are their chances of being nine or ten and being in a playing game? They should be competitive. At least I would imagine they're going to be playing for as if they are. They don't have to be. So that worries me again on who what their staff is going to do or management's going to do about letting players play. All that aside, I think they could be as high as the uh, uh, like the eight seed. And okay. then, uh, probably more likely the 10 to 11 range. And if they just fall out of the play-in, they'd be super sad about it, I'm sure. Um, yeah. So, 
That's I mean, my, West like, is yeah. the West is deep, man. The West is deep. Yeah, I, I agree. I think I if definitely it, think they'll be fighting for that nine um, ten spot. That nine ten spot though is is going to be a fun spot, you know, fun battle because you you're going to have the Thunder who are younger and led by SGA, and we'll get to them. And they're going to be battling. I expect the Mavericks to be improved this year and not miss the playoffs. Then who knows what the Timberwolves are going to do? You know, they kind of had a little bit of a resurgence towards <coughs> excuse me towards the end of last year. And then you look at the top, and it's like you know the Kings going to keep that up. And you expect the Grizzlies, the Nuggets, the Suns, the Warriors, the Lakers to all be up there too. So it's like. You go down the. I think we probably talked about it last year or probably the last four years. You go down the list of teams that in your head you go, yes, playoffs, yes, playoffs, yes, playoffs, and all of a sudden you're at like ten teams who you're like, yeah, they're gonna make the playoffs. Well, that can't happen. Can't happen. I mean, you get your play-ins now, so there's yeah. that. You but... get your participation trophies. <laughs> uh, although the turnover in the playoffs has been, I think, pretty good recently. I mean, there's been a, a number of years where. Uh, the Lakers missed the playoffs, like most recently. So mm-hmm. um, it's it's. There's always there's <coughs> Sacramento's finally broken their streak and they're back in playoff contention. So it's it's made the West that much more deep mm-hmm. and that much more interesting too. Again, the league's in a good place, very deep league. So yes, who's uh, who's up next? The Blazers, and Ooh, this opens up a little <laughs> bit of a can. Of worms here, so we're gonna. If you follow oh, the NBA, if you follow the NBA even slightly, then you will understand that we're gonna talk about three teams right now. So the Blazers, thirty-three and forty-nine last season, and they did a couple moves in the off-season. They traded Damian Lillard. That's right, they finally did it. Traded Damian Lillard to the Milwaukee Bucks. That trade in its entirety, the Bucks got. Dame, the Blazers got DeAndre Ayton, Tumani Kamara, Drew Holiday, a 2029 first-round pick from the Bucks, and two first-round pick swaps from the Bucks. And the Suns received Grayson Allen, Keon Johnson, Nasir Little, and Yusuf Nurkic. The Blazers then proceeded to trade Drew Holiday to the Celtics for Robert Williams, Malcolm Brogdon, and a 2024 first-round pick via Golden State. So, so they did a little bit this off-season. A little bit. Some moves. So, so, so the roster in its whole kind of, and then they also Jeremy Grant returns and Matisse Thybulle returned as well. So we'll kind of we'll start with the. the Blazers' perspective here. So you got DeAndre and you got Tamari Tumani Kamara. You got Brogdon, you got Robert Williams, and you re-signed Jeremy Garrett, Matisse Thybulle. This goes along with Anthony Simons and Scoot Henderson, who is there. All right, you got some... Shaden Sharp. Shaden Sharp. You got a lot, lot, of, lot of PG depth. Some solid center depth. Robert Williams and DeAndre Ayton. Jeremy Dominic. Grant in there at your four. Don't really have a three, but... What, what are your thoughts? What, I, the, a lot so, of these players are not going to be on this team in eight months. There's no way. They're gonna be. They're gonna. Think they're gonna be more. They're gonna continue to to farm some of these guys out who are not on the timeline. Malcolm Brogdon, and if he vibes, is, is you think Malcolm Brogdon is to trade to a contender as a point guard injury yes. in February or right yeah. before the deadline? And the Clippers are are probably keeping a close eye on him. Clippers, Seventy Sixers, Clippers, Seventy Sixers, maybe. Um, <laughs> 
Yeah, if they couldn't trade first. I'm sure quite there, there are quite a few teams that come to mind that, that are probably going to be interested. But I don't see – I think the Portland Trailblazers team might have this, different aspirations than what their management wants to do. And Chauncey Billups is as good of a coach as he probably maybe is, maybe isn't. I don't really know yet. They're really not going to give him a whole lot of runway. I think they they been cleaning house, starting with their biggest player, mm-hmm. getting off of a very hefty contract. So if they're underneath the tax belt right now, the first apron, or even the second apron, I would think, uh, they should be. They're probably planning for the future on developing the young guys, hopefully playing them. Scoot Henderson should see the floor quite a bit. Um which is why I think the, the Malcolm Brogdons of the world are gonna and that team are not long for it. They'll they'll probably have to play them and start them, but I think it's gonna be kind of a charade for a few months and then the maybe slow or quick transition to the young players and tanks. So do you think um do they keep both DeAndre Aytons and Robert Williams? Uh, if they give DeAndre Ayton try to jet you, Rob Williams. You, you think Rob Williams is uh, an injury prone in, possible I mean people talk about him people from Boston, sorry, talk about him like he's the second coming of uh, just name a really good player who blocked. Dwight Howard. Dwight Howard. They play him <laughs> you like, think, they you talk think, about him like he's when he's on, man, he's right. He is amazing. You, he does you, things that nobody you, else you can do, which is more fair. like uh, I, I think a good comp for him might be like a JaVel McGee. Like a guy who can, yeah. may, not not that's maybe better. No, 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 that may, is maybe not making the the, the, they, the they talk about him like he's Dwight Howard, but he's more like Javale McGee. But I'm saying like that kind of style. Like he's gonna, he can be, he can be your starting center, yes. But his probably best role for your team and the best way he's gonna help your team is being the backup center who's gonna come in. He's gonna get eight points, eight boards, three blocks, perfect goal. Yeah, in a reserve role coming off the bench, and you're not going to lose a drop off from your starting center to your backup center. Because I mean, that's not that's not to say he can't be a starting center, but he can't be the starting center on a team that he's going to be a focal point. Like with the Celtics, he wasn't the focal point. I could even see him not like in the right role or in the right situation, just completely falling out of the league. Because number really? one, number one, his knee injury. No, sorry, knee injuries, and number two, the way that he plays and the specific use that you need to play him in, if he comes in the wrong situation multiple times, it's not a very forgiving league. He could be put into a situation that I'm, I think Boston I got was a very for him. I, well, I don't like it, but who? The Warriors. Yeah, they're a very smart team, a team that has some really good coaching. I'm not saying that there are all these bad coaches out there, but I think there are. I think... If the Robert Williams were to go and play for like Dallas, I don't think it would work out. I think yeah. it would be a very bad fit. So there are certain situations I think will work. And being that he's in a, I'll say, middle spot right now where we're not sure if he's, I think he's still pretty young. Mm-hmm. We're going to see yeah. what they have. I think he's on a second contract, but, but I don't think. Very team friendly deal. Yeah. yeah, but he obviously he didn't very get. trade friendly. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Then there's that. So I mean, you you obviously you got off the Lillard contract, but then you now you have John Dre Ayton. So theoretically, he's he's your center, and then Jeremy Grant's your four. You can say you're going to start Brogdon, but I think based on your timeline, you're starting Simons, you're starting Shaden Sharp, you're 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 developing those three guards: Sharp, Henderson, and Simons. I could even 
and in the, in the world see them moving off Simons too. If Sharp and Scoot Henderson start to look like they're in the backcourt of the future, I could see them trying Sharp's to move Sharp's going to be like a guard? Maybe not like a guard, but he's more he, like a three, right? I think he's a little undersized for a three. Maybe play more of a two. A two Ooh, what's his body? I, I thought he was like 6'6". I thought he was like 6'7", six, 6'8". Six. Six, I think he's a swing man. Swing man? I mean, let's see, Shaden Sharp. He is... Six six. Six six. I don't know. Yeah. He got some length to him. He can sky. Yeah. So I mean it's I I don't know what to make of the Blazers. I think they feel a little pacer pacers y to me. I feel like they're the middling pa- out. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean that, that's not just because you have some former pacers on this team. But you, you know, <laughs> They just they feel like kind of the Pacers of the East, where it's like you know what if they they start hot and win ten of their first twelve games, I'm not going to be surprised. But am I going to be surprised when they finish the season thirty and you know fifty or whatever? Also, no. No. That's where I. That's what kind of where I would expect them to be. Where they're not going to be a team you can just kind of like mull over every night. Grant the NBA. It, the NBA is different because you know the season's so long and. You know, you have these games where a bunch of people don't play and it's a mull over game. You know, you have the teams who, if the season was 16, 17 games like the NFL, it's like, okay, the Stars are playing regardless of what happens. So, obviously, you know, you're not resting starters. Um, but, you know, I think they're going to be – it's a young group, so you know they're going to be trying, at least the young guys. But, you know, as the as you said, they're probably looking more towards the rebuild, kind of trying to acquire more – assets. So, and, and maybe that's what they do with Robert Williams. You know, they got some picks for the Dame trade. They got some picks for the Drew Holiday trade. So maybe the Brogdon and the Robert Williams are able to fetch you some second rounders. I'm telling you, they're going to like build those guys up, play them, show them off. Just be like, hey, look how good these guys are. And everybody see how good they're they are? phenomenal. Well, guess what? They're up for trade. Dapper dandies, baby. <laughs> That's the Blazers. Well, I'm thinking they are, if they're, you know, they get it their way, they're going to be 16, <laughs> 16th in the West. <laughs> you know? But uh, they'll probably be, you know, depending on how, how much people lose. There's not a lot of, like, there's not a lot of Victor Webanyama waiting at the end of the tunnel here. So a lot of teams, I think, are going to be going for some, like, 50-50 teams. Why not? Like, I think they're going to go for it. Yeah. Next up is the Utah Jazz. Um, they acquired John Collins in a trade with the Hawks. Jordan Clarkson agreed to an extension as well. Actually, I'm sorry. We we forgot to talk about the, I guess, let's go. Let's move instead. Do you want to go to the Phoenix Suns then since they were a part of that Blazers trade first? Or mm-hmm. just. Keep going up list. Okay, do you want to talk about the Bucks or wait till the end? Yeah, wait till the end. Wait till the end. Okay. Utah Jazz. Jordan Clarkson, three-year extension. John Collins. They got Omar Yurtseven. I'm sure that uh, will will work out. And then <laughs> they uh, drafted uh, Taylor Hendricks, Keontae George, and Bryce Sensenbaugh. Last year, they finished 12, 37, and 45. Exactly where they probably wanted to finish. Yeah, probably. 
So now you have a shitload of assets. They've got a lot of good potential and some some really good trade assets too. So they're primed to do whatever I think Danny Ainge wants them to do. Um, if they're in a place that they start, you know, really succeeding like they did last year, he can move some things around, trade some players, pull the rug a little bit, and they can, you know, be worse. Uh, or they can. Just keep riding that. Uh, I don't think they're going to be a team built for the playoffs. So, at best, I think they'd be a first round out. But I do give this team first round playoff potential if they wanted to say fuck it and just go for the playoffs. I don't. With as many people or as competitive as people are in the West, I could see the Jazz being more likely to lean towards we'll get them next year just with all the stuff that they have. I, I agree I agree. They but you don't you don't look gift horse in the mouth. Like they actively had to try to fuck with the the lineups and the players not the players, but like the team success last year so that they could, you know, not succeed. Yeah, I mean you know, you got you got Colin Sexton, Laurie Markins coming off his best year, Walker Kessler's gonna be here and you have Taylor Horton Tucker you bring John Collins over, we kind of know what Jordan Clarkson is off the bench. I mean, there's some solid players here that I think would be, like, the good fourth player on another team. But no ones. Maybe a three. But no ones or twos, I think, on this team. So, you know, if they went, you know, they were 37-45 last year. If they win 37-45 this year, it wouldn't surprise me. I think that's about their their ceiling, maybe threatening a play-in game spot. You know, they're going to – they always have a month or so where they're playing really well and they win a lot of games, but they do regress back to the norm by the end of the season. And, you know, they, they kind of so, – not sold out to this rebuild when they traded Mitchell and Gobert – um, but it almost feels like if they were going for like a full blown rebuild, they're doing it wrong because they're not bad enough to truly do it. You know, you traded away your two franchise cornerstones at the time that you had had for four or five years. And instead of they got picks in return, but they also got like solid players, not great players, but solid players enough to where it's like. If they were truly tanking, I would have expected them to move on from some of these guys already. I wouldn't expect them to make a trade for John Collins. I would have expected them to had traded Sexton away already, but they're How old not. How do you think John Collins is? He's younger, isn't he? How old is he? He's probably like 24. Yeah. Which, I mean, yeah, fits, I guess fits the time. I mean, it, 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 he'd be late on the timeline, I guess. It, it, compared but, to the other players that they have, like some of the younger players that they drafted, yes, but... Again, I think they have enough assets and enough what-ifs for them to make a move that, that that would net them a large player and, like, a large A-star player. Um, they have Kelly Olenek on that team, too, I think? Uh, no, I think he's playing overseas now. No, I'm pretty sure they have Kelly Olenek. I don't... You sure? I don't think so. Well, shit, if he is. Because he'd be a trade asset. He, was, he knows how to ball. Oh, yeah, there he is. There he is, Kelly Olenek. That's a that's a deadline roster roster move right there if I've ever seen one. <laughs> they got a lot of those guys on their roster. A lot of trade deadline to a contending team um, type of players, in in my opinion. 
that they they'll be able to move if 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 someone comes asking. Now you know maybe maybe the maybe the phone's always gonna maybe they're always gonna pick up the phone for whatever comes up. You know I'm not 100 percent sure. Well, we will see. That's the beauty of it. Next up, the Dallas. So so you think like maybe may, maybe playing game, but probably not for for the Jazz. Uh, because I think Larry Markkinen did prove that he had something in the tank last year. If you can hold on to that, we'll see if it's flash in the pan. I'm gonna hedge on the side of. I think they could get. I think they'll get 40 wins. They'd be like a 500 team. I think they're gonna be just happy with the play in. Next up, the Dallas Mavericks, thirty-eight and forty-four last year. I would, I would say, disappointing. With some tanking involved, with some tanking, they got fined. They got fined. Yeah. So that takes some pretty overt tanking. They They, sat both Kyrie Irving and Luka. Sorry, they sat Kyrie and Luka Doncic on one night to lose a game, and they almost won, which was funny. Um, So they, uh, Seth Curry agreed to a two-year deal. Dante Exum agreed to a one-year deal. Rashawn Holmes joined via trade with the Kings. Kyrie Irving signed a three-year deal. Derek Jones signed a one-year. Marquise Morris returned on a one-year. Dwight Powell returned on a three-year. And they signed and traded for Grant Williams from the Boston Celtics. Um... Reading just that list of things, and obviously you have Luca. It looks like they're they definitely. I think they did a decent job at trying to to plug the holes in the rest of the roster around Luca and Kyrie to try and give them a competitive roster. I still think center is a little questionable for them. Um, you know, maybe this is a a Robert Williams. I told you that would be a stop. terrible spot. Yeah, but, but I told uh, this is the exact example that I gave. I mean, for the coach, idea. yeah, but you know, it, they they need someone. Like, I'm sorry, is, <laughs> is Rashawn Holmes and Dwight Powell moving the needle for you at center on the team? We no. we equated Robert Williams to Javale McGee, and the Dallas Mavericks had Javale McGee. It was an awful experience. I just think they need that's because he's a niche player. That that core organization and that team does not know how to use. They do not know how to use guys like Christian Wood. They not, do not know how to use guys like Javale McGee. They do not know how to use guys like Robert Williams. So I'm just putting it out there. Unless he's a plug and play, easy center, or I honestly don't know what kind of center works well with Tyson Chandler. Tyson Chandler, maybe <laughs> Maxi Kleber. They they won a championship with Tyson Chandler. So clearly Dwight that's Powell. the kind of I don't know, maybe Rashawn Holmes is it. His first year there, he had some decent years in yeah, Sacramento, and that got faded well. out when Sabonis um, traded there. So, so maybe maybe that's their answer. But right now, I think if I'm looking at their roster, I mean, yeah, you still have Maxi Kleba. Um, I think they did a decent job at plugging some holes. I think um, offensive wise, it, it still could be a struggle at times if Luca or Kyrie aren't having a good night. It's going to be a struggle to score some points here because you know you got you got Chuck or Tim Hardaway still on the team, and um, 
I mean, Seth Curry is going to be Seth Curry. You know, he, he's going to be fine. That's a good addition. He can, he's got good percentages. That's your, t- your top three right there. It's uh, going to be Luca, Kyrie, and Seth. I, I think I think if you got if you got Tim Hardaway on his best day all the time, he's then a four. Be, he'd be he's the, number four. I think if Tim Hardaway on his best day would be all the time would be your three. But the problem is you get Tim Hardaway on your best day once every six games. <laughs> it's a <laughs> definition of a streaky shooter. He's basically yeah. Drake, Jay Crowder and Carney. Yeah, just yeah, plays the small forward instead of the power forward. Yes. Um. Yeah, he, trust me. I know he's been on my fantasy roster for. You love him, man. You love him. Listen, you listen. In fantasy, I, I see you pick him up. I'm like, oh no, they fantasy. Not you again. Need a guy. Not again. You need a guy who you can just <laughs> add drop, and you you know he's that when, you, that when you go back to that waiver wire, he's still going to be there. Yeah, you need that guy on your roster. You gotta, you gotta I'm telling you, most people probably play fantasy football over fantasy basketball, but you know there's always that guy on your roster where you're like, you know I'm dropping this guy for when my defense is on a bye, right? <laughs> like, there's always that one roster spot where it's fluctuating every single week. And you know what? Tim Hardaway, here's to you, man. Here's to you. We need you. We need those kind of players. We need, right? we need our, our fluctuating roster <laughs> spot. Can't be too good or else I might hold on to you. Yeah, you know that. What's uh, what's the ceiling for the Mavs this year? You think? Uh, ceiling for the Mavs, I think they're gonna piss a lot of people off, and I kind of hope they do. I know a lot of people want this team to be bad. They want Kyrie Irving to suffer. They want Luka Doncic heliocentric ball to not work. This is now a new team around him for the fourth or fifth time, so it's starting to ring. Like, mm, is he not that guy? Is he not that good? Kind of like that LeBron 2008, 2009, 2010, 2011. It was, 2010 and 11, it was getting rough. So I think it's starting for Luka. The, the, the voices are changing uh, from positive to possibly negative. This is a make-or-break year for, I think he's going to make an MVP effort. You think, you think this is his best chance at the MVP? Gonna break no, the, uh, not his best chance. Break the center streak. We've had, what, five in a row? Five centers in a row. Uh, if you count Giannis as a center, even though I think power, power forward. forward yeah, but. yeah, but especially that first year before Brooks, uh, Brook Lopez was there. He was, was more center. But we've had big, big man, big man MVPs yeah. last five years. Power forward, and a lot, like six foot eleven guys and up. Um, I hope so. I, I I enjoyed it to an extent with the uh, the Harden and before that Westbrook and before that uh, Steph, uh, but then before that. KD power forward, so uh, yeah, but you, power forward played like shooting guard, which is yeah, cool. yeah. Uh, KD's a different kind of positionless basketball. I wouldn't say he's positionless, but you know he's just pretty close. You say someone's six eleven, you think they're going to be a center, and then you look at Kevin Durant, it's like, well, that's not a center. <laughs> <laughs> Last I checked, but uh, you know, I would put these guys up in like the. Three, maybe four range. If Derek Lively is like decent, half decent as a center, like mm-hmm. Rash- or or Rashawn Holmes, if he ends up being if, so, someone, if they have a center that steps up as like a rim protector, yeah, I could see it. Okay, I can. They got the offense. So uh, yeah, about. I agree. I, I can see that too. Defense will be the issue for this team, which, as you said, some of their offseason moves kind of helped to shore some of that up. So. Next up, the Oklahoma City Thunder, 40 okay, and see, baby. Thunder 42 up. last year. Off-season moves, they uh, 
traded for Davis Bertans. They that was traded, a massive pickup, by the way. Yeah, they traded for Oladipo, then traded him away. Um, Jack White got a two-year deal. Um, Usman Gruba came over from the Hawks. Not a whole a lot of, of movement for the Thunder, theoretically, which it. is what they need. Ain't needed it. Yeah. That, you know, they you know they, they did draft a couple players. They got Keontae Johnson. They did trade Derek Lively away, but they didn't initially draft him. But, you know, you kind of look at the roster. It's like, okay, you they know. They did have to pick up Case and Walls. Essentially, okay, you're adding Chet Holgram this year. So, you still have SGA. You have Josh Giddy. You got... Uh, Lou Dor, you added Bertans, who I think is going to give you a little bit of depth at that that three four spot. You Jaylen kind of Williams discovered Jaylen, one and yeah, two. Yeah, you discovered Jalen Williams last year. Both are good. Yeah, both both last year. Um, you still have Poku is there. Yeah. Um, you know Isaiah Joe last Isaiah year Joe, had D moments. Three, fucking D and three guy right there. Yeah, I mean, I, if you're the Thunder. Stay the course. Oldest players like SGA, yeah. twenty five. Stay the course. That that's all they're all they're doing. I'm so happy. I'm so happy. And that's They've all done they need this to be rebuild to perfection so far. If and it started, hurt, and it started the day they traded James Harden. If well, it, the, the day they've actually committed to like saying no, we're doing a rebuild was after they traded away KD or when KD left. Not even then. When they've actually said every since then they've still been contending for a title. They officially Plus. said that they were not even men. It was when they traded away Chris Paul. Mm. And not even Paul George? Not even didn't start with the PG trade? No. Because they had brought in Chris Paul. They brought in uh Dennis Schroeder. They had the first the year they had that the three first guard year of lineup. Shy, yeah. Of Shea. Um it was a three guard lineup three headed monster and they made the playoffs. And they were in the bubble and they lost out, unfortunately, to the Houston Rockets. But after that, they're like, all right, we're officially committing to a rebuild. So when they traded away Chris Paul, they finally, they, they were like, all right, well, this is us. This is our rebuilding uh, phase, era, whatever you want to call it. And so they've done, they they, they drafted Josh Giddy. Loved that player. Was pretty like, wow, I don't know if that's the right guy kind of player. Huh? People thought it was a little bit of a, of a reach on that, day one. When they and they up. thought that of Russ, and they thought that of of James Harden. Too. It was beautiful. Perfect. Or, sorry, Steve Nadam, not, not James Harden. Um, but, anyway, the after after uh, Josh Giddy, they've got uh, Usman Garuba as well, who was a, a reach of a player, but He's got some reach, and he's actually looking like he's he's going to be pretty good. I think he's still pretty raw, probably a couple more years. But uh, they've taken some swings. Alexei Pokusevsky, he's still, I think, super young, like 20 years old. He's been in the league for two years now, or this will be his third year. Um, so that's, you know, taking some swings when you can. Uh, drafting two Jalen Williams, let's, let's not even kid that those guys, like Santa Clara, holy crap, same, uh, same college as Steve Nash. And uh, Chet Holmgren, of course. So, mm-hmm. it, just to cap it all off, super happy. This uh, this year's Case and Wallace. Um, and who else did they get? I think it was just Case and Wallace, actually. Uh, very happy. Very happy with who they've got. This is the, the full-on rebuild here. Uh, right. As high as five or six seed. Five or six. Probably 
lowest play. Maybe like an eight or yeah. a seven if they're lucky. Gotcha. All right. They're going to be – I think people are pretty high on them in this preseason with, with as much talent as they have. They're still young, still very mm-hmm. young. So I'm, I'm trying to give them the benefit of the doubt. Shea's there, but it's it's team sport. It is. Next up, the New Orleans Pelicans last year finished Ooh. 42 and 40. They drafted Jordan Hawkins, kind of regarded as the best shooter in the draft. Um, Herb Jones returned, and then they signed EJ Liddell and Cody Zeller. The rest of the roster remains intact. You have Brandon Ingram, you have CJ McCollum, you have Jonas Valanciunas, you have Zion. Um, still some questions at point guard between Trey Murphy and Kyra Lewis Jr. on this team. Um, but I feel like once again, we are going into a season with the Northern Pelicans and we're going to be like, what's Zion going to be this year? That's the question. It's, That's always going to be the question. It's been it since, since he got hurt in his first year. You know, we've, we've come off the previous season and into the next season just wondering. Is Zion healthy? Is he in shape? How is he going to be? You know, it's it's you know, it's the uh, the consistent question with him. And unfortunately, same with Brandon Ingram. Brandon Ingram has been a good player, but he's been a hurt player too. And his and defense, he was, he was benched and was garbage in the FIBA Ooh. World Cup too. And that was a lot to do with his defense. Yeah, was not playable. So hopefully, that was a wake up call for him. He's got to he's got to realize that. Even if, when you're the guy, if your team doesn't do well, you end up looking like Bradley Beal, and eventually you're going to get traded. And Bradley Beal, no knocks. These are all excellent players in the NBA. We're drawing parallels to different players' situations and how successful they are. That's the parallel. Bradley Beal, successful player? No. Good player? Yes. So all I'm saying is it's, it's dependent on how much you're willing to change and learn and grow as a player. And... Brandon Ingram, you've, made, you've done good strides. You won a Most Improved Player Award. You can do it. Mm-hmm. Let's see what else you can develop besides your scoring ability. We always knew you were going to be a good scorer. Let's see how that that defense can can be. Yeah. All right, you got the length. Yeah, I think this team's got good offensive potential for sure. Um, I, again, questions for me at the guard spot still, um, the point guard spot, who's really running this offense, but. Um, Points Zion, it's not that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I guess so. I Jose mean, Alvarado's yeah. a hurt, I think. Yeah, and yeah, I mean, you got Dyson Daniels. That you, one's a pretty good prospect. Got, right um, Kyra Lewis. You've got, um, as I said, you also have Trey Murphy. So, I mean, you've got young options, so you'll figure it out. I mean, you've got some safe players here. You know what CJ McCollum is going to give you. You know what Jonas Palanchunas is going to give you. So, you've got a couple safe options. You've got a couple wild cards, and then I think it's just figuring out what the rest of this roster is and how are you going to do it. And unfortunately, I feel like for the Pelicans to move forward or move anywhere with this team, unfortunately, it just as it revolves around what is Zion going to do and is, as it, and can Brandon Ingram kind of take the next step to be a multidimensional player, not just a one-way player. And until those two things happen or come to fruition – I feel like the Pelicans are kind of just stuck. Mm-hmm, yeah, they've, they've. I think they've got. I, they have a high ceiling, but I also feel like they have a low floor too. Like, <laughs> just depending on if a couple of these things happen. Is this going to be if let's just say 
Zion is active for 75% of the year. Do you think? And they they are a uh, make the playoffs in the first round out. Is that enough for you to say, all right, yes, let's keep moving forward with this Zion and Brandon Ingram uh, experiment? Or I think you have you to trade one. I think you have to make the playoffs. Well, if they do, and they fit first round out, I'm saying first round out. If it's competitive, yeah. Well, I mean, that that's that. I, I think, think they're. You think they need to do? You think they need to show something in the playoffs for you to, to feel comfortable about moving forward with this group? More than a first round out. I understand making the playoffs is. I think it's easier. I think it's easier to make the playoffs now because there's more opportunity. So if they make the playoffs, making the first round, depending on if they made it through the playing tournament or if they didn't, or if they were just a six seed and got to be a, a first round, and then six seed and you lose first round, which to me would be. Probably a disappointment. So you can make that 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 regular season push, but then when it really counts, you can't you can't do that. I don't know. I, I think if that's the case, they're going to be taking calls for Zion and Brandon Ingram, and I think one or both are not going to be on this team next year, unless they go further than the first round of playoffs. And CJ McCollum, I think, is probably the last year he's going to be on. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, if they, if they if they're not doing well, I could see them moving on from him just because of his age and someone. So well, they, he's they, fine. He's a professional. They, they, a they, they can they can find suitors for for Ingram and for like uh or not for Ingram for for CJ and for Valanciunas if they needed to. Yeah. All right. Next up, the Minnesota Timberwolves. They drafted Jalen Clark out of UCLA. They signed Nikhil Alexander-Walker on a two-year deal. Troy Brown agreed. Anthony Edwards got the bag. They just yesterday gave a five-year extension to Jaden McDaniels. Um, agreed to a two-year deal with uh, Shake Milton. Nas Reed returns on a three-year deal as well. Last year, they finished at... 42 and 40 were the eighth seed. Um, the first year of the Gobert Carl Anthony Towns experiment. Um, Anthony Edwards clearly the guy at this point. I, I, you know, I don't think that's. Man, I get it. Like that's the thing. He's the guy. He's their number one player. But they can't think that way when it comes to their team because they have. Carl Anthony Towns. Oh, I agree. You can't. Rudy Gobert could deal with it, but you have Carl Anthony Towns, mm-hmm. Anthony Edwards, Carl Anthony Towns, Rudy Gobert. Those three players right there have Mike to get Conley. their Mike Conley. One fifty-three. Those guys have to get their head together and heads together to figure out how they're going to make this work. I think Anthony Edwards can be a very good cohesive player. Sometimes a little apprehensive to be the one, but. Once he's in that mindset, it's hard to get him out of that mindset. I think it's got to be more free-flowing. And that's I think, been the problem with all of those players. They can play one way really hard, but their ability to change and flow with the game is rough. I think part of that with Anthony Edwards specifically um, is that he played – that's how he played in high school, and then he played at Georgia. Oh, okay, you know, not – we aren't – uh, a big, big basketball school in Georgia, you know, so he was the guy there too. So he's always been the guy. And until he came in, Anthony Edwards has been the guy in Minnesota. Now, obviously um, he was part more of part of a team 
in um, in Kentucky when he was there. But I, I don't know. I, I think this team, for the most part, is kind of just running back what they had last year. And I think they're hoping to develop more chemistry, as you said, between those three big guys and, and really figure out how that's going to work. I agree. I mean, it's going to be a learning process and they've got new owners. So I think they have a more, a better tolerance for failure. Um, not to say that they're going to fail, but if you don't, at that first, you don't succeed to try, try again. But after the 40th, 50th time, you get a little tired. Uh, so these guys only on their second try. So it's going to be, uh, <laughs> I think it's, it's going to be good. It's going to be interesting. There's a little bit of slack on the proverbial rope. Right. Right. Uh, Jaden McDaniel, McDaniels, by the way, was a game changer in their playoff um, appearance. appearance last year. One of the only teams to have put wins on the board against uh, the Nuggets. Denver Nuggets. So yeah. um, they weren't shut out. Nope. So that's nope. impressive. What, uh, what do you see out of them this year? Another uh, playoff caliber? I think I think the floor is you, you lose in the play-in game. I think that's about as low as they'll fall. But do you see yeah, them they climbing any higher out of the play-in? Do you think they can get to the sixth seed? I think they could get as high as the five. Um, maybe. Yeah, no, I'm going to go with the five uh, just because I don't know who their distributor is going to be. Who's their point guard besides Mike Conley? Besides Mike Conley? <laughs> well... He's getting old, man. He might have heard it. No, I, I agree. He, he's getting up there. Uh, the Wolves are uh, five and zero in the preseason. Uh, I mean, Nikhil Alexander Walker, maybe Jordan McLaughlin, maybe. All right, Jordan McLaughlin is so, a professional. Yeah, he's a consummate professional. Yeah, all right, he, he can get you in a you got, in a spot. Yeah, yeah, maybe. Not who you necessarily maybe want. Some need. Maybe maybe a little, little, little Malcolm Brogdon. Brock. Oh, oh yeah, Malcolm Brogdon. Oh, president action. Yeah, little, little Mr. President. You never know. That would be interesting. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Right. All right. Malcolm Brogdon's the new Bradley. You heard it here first. We we are the uh, we are the Malcolm Brogdon to anywhere that the Bradley Beal to anywhere was for the Ringer. <laughs> that yeah. is us. This every year. every cast we have to say where he's going to go next. Yeah. So for this exactly. cast, it'll be the Wolves. Exactly. I think, I think some Bradley Beal action. <laughs> um, next up. The Los Angeles Lakers, forty three thirty nine last season. They drafted. Jalen Hoods of Shafino and Mojave King. Off-season moves-wise, Anthony Davis, three-year extension. Rui Hachimura came back, three-year deal. Jackson Hayes came over on a two-year deal. Torian Prince on a one-year deal. Austin Reeves returned on a big on a four-year deal. That was a big keep for them. For a low cost, too. Yes. They Cam, didn't push it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Team-friendly deal. Cam Reddish. Uh, two-year deal, Andrew Russell, two-year deal, Jared Vanderbilt, four-year extension, Gabe Vincent, three-year deal, Christian Wood, two-year deal. All right. Give everyone some term. Yeah. Um, Except for Tari Prince. Sorry, bud. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> One for you. Yeah, I, you know, I, you still got LeBron, still have DeAndre Russell. I mean, you're 21 LeBron. What's, what, all right, expectations. What, are there any? Do we have – what's the procedure? What's the protocol here? I mean – What are we doing? What is happening? Yeah. I, it's uncharted waters. You, you know I mean, People play 21 years in the league. But you know what they average? Not what LeBron's he, – he, Vince I Carter, the final year the, of his career. Was like eight points at most? Seven? Eight minutes. Um <laughs> 
No, I, I think, you know, this this feels like they did bring in some players, but, you know, this year for the Lakers felt less of, okay, rotate that, that group out. Who's the next eight guys we're filling around LeBron and AD? They actually brought back some of their, you know, they brought back Ruby. They were able to bring back Austin Reeves. They brought back Jared Vanderbilt. And I, I kind of, I like their additions. I think Gabe Vincent is a good audition. Audition addition um i think between jackson hayes and christian wood you you get a little bit of support behind anthony davis at least improved over harris not over bryant thomas bryant last year was their backup center so i think this gives you maybe a little bit of flexibility to not have to play ad at the five i mean i don't love ad and hayes starting at the same time but I think they did a decent job at balancing out the roster a little better than it has been in the past couple of years. I don't know. It's a more, like you said, balance. I think that's the key word. Um, it's still stars and not as good players, but less stars and scrubs than it has been from the past year. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, by moving off of the contracts of three $40 million contracts, it's amazing what you can do. It, it, it feels like they took where the past couple of years, all those random like mid-level trade exception, like bet, they, I feel like they had a lot of bet minimum role players versus yeah. now they got younger. And I think with that, with getting younger, I, I, they got more talented too. I have to. So I, I think the last couple of years, the Lakers have done a good job more building this roster around LeBron and AD. And as I said, I think there's more going to be more cohesion this year than there was last year. So I, I, I look to the Lakers to be improved. Now, you know, you still have the giant elephant in the room and that's, is Anthony Davis going to stay healthy or is he going to like walk off five minutes in the first game of the season? With an injury, I feel like point, that happens point, but with, more than not. With what he was doing two years ago and getting bulked up, what he did last year and trimming down a bit, I think he's understood like where some of his limitations are. Unfortunately, he is playing against the uh, undefeated uh, Mr. Time, yeah. uh, Father Time, but it's... I Astor think he can't still, give us anything. What is he, like 29 now? I think this may be... 28, 29, he's, he's got to be within, like, the last, This if not the prime of his career, maybe a step down, or he was a little yo-yo-ish in, in his playoffs last year, but I also attribute part of that to the dynamic of playing with LeBron. It sounds awesome, and it sounds like it's definitely a blessing more than it is a curse, but as a number two, and that's what you were, Anthony Davis, you were number two to 20. 20-year LeBron, there can be no question. It's got to be Anthony Davis this year. He's got to be number one. And and I don't know if LeBron can do this. This is one thing I think is the uncharted waters for him, to not be the number one. Can he do that? I know he said he's tried last year, or even maybe the year before, and he's done what he had to. When he had to, Mr. 30-point-per-game LeBron, Mm -hmm. I need to see some more from you as a role player. And if that means less sub-25 points per game, I don't know how it could be. You could still do that, I think, be a great defender. That's what has to happen. Maybe you get 20 points a game. Maybe it's 21 points a game. But your defense has to be on point, dude. You cannot be a hole. You cannot be a cone defender. 
Yeah. So that's to me make or break how well he can educate the young players. It speaks for itself. He's been doing that his whole career. So we'll see, man. I think they're they're going to be shooting shooting for a high seed to to try to lessen the blow. And playing at home is always better. Mm-hmm. So it may make sense now to go for it. So highest seed, I think they're going to maybe three seed or two seed landing spot at maybe at worst case a eight seed to be playing be rough but and that's the injuries if that's what happens yep. next up the golden state warriors finished last year 44 and 38 off season moves for them yeah got rid of jordan Poole. Uh, Rudy Gay, one-year deal. Draymond Green, four-year extension. And Corey Joseph, one-year deal. Darius Sarge, one-year deal. And Chris Paul was added. So, uh, how does the Chris Paul-Steph Curry thing work? I think um, at this point, we kind of know what the majority of the Warriors are. We know what Steph, Draymond, Clay are. Andrew Wiggins carved out, I think, a nice... And over the last two years, has kind of found his spot, his role oh, in this roster. Um, so, you know, I, how does it work? I, I mean, I can see this being it working really well in terms of having Chris Paul handling the ball and just having Curry and Thompson come off screens everywhere. Now, they're not as young as, you know, five years ago, this would have been scary because Curry and Thompson literally running around for 40 minutes coming off screens. Okay, we're we're a little older now. Can we do that? I, Clay's had a couple big injuries. I don't know, but when he's on, he's on. But I he's think not the, always think, on like yeah. he used to be. I think I think this has the potential to work out really well. If you know Chris Paul's going to be getting a lot, you know there there's a world where Chris Paul sets career assist numbers this year because now that obviously takes away from Draymond being the assister that he has been over the last half a decade or so. But, but they, as a team, have never been shy from passing the ball, and I don't think that's going to draw away from Draymond's. I mean, he might he might drop an assist or two here or there, but this team has always shared the ball. It's never been a problem whether mm-hmm. or not they can hit the shots yeah. or uh, take the right shots. Look at you, Jordan Poole. Yeah. Does Chris adding Chris Paul move the needle on this team? Do you yeah. think this – how much does it do for him? Because the rest of the roster is, is largely unchanged. Honestly – yeah. The biggest difference for them right now is going to be defense. And if they can muster it, they don't have their Andre Iguodala's. Like, even when they did have him last year, he wasn't who he was. Um, but they didn't have their defensive presence. Uh, Draymond, as good as he is, one guy. Clay Thompson definitely took a few steps back in his defensive side, but is still very good, very good defender. And Steph Curry, again, getting a little long in the tooth on, on age for running around all that time. He still hasn't put up the numbers, but his defense, still a pest, still going for it. Um, I'm going to say that these guys are four seed, three seed, and because they're veteran, they're savvy, they know how to play. Andrew Wiggins, I think, is going to have to take an increased role on some of the scoring. Um but they'll, they'll probably flirt with the first first seed for, for a little while. But I think eventually they're going to have to rest rest some players. Draymond's not playing a full 82. Um, 
it's probably going to be like, oh, Jonathan Kaminga, got to admit, he has looked good in preseason. Moses Moody also showed up a little bit. Um, so we'll see. So, what, so, so maybe they're looking about the same as last year. Just kind of, just kind of, just kind of improved, looking the same, but kind of really making sure that they're healthy and ready to go for the playoffs. That exactly. So definitely that because I forgot that um, they they had played. Uh, shoot, what did they do last year? It lost to the Lakers. That's right. Um, mm-hmm. I don't think they're gonna. I think there might be a rematch. We might be in, in store for, which would be interesting. That'd be fun. Mm-hmm. That'd be a fun uh, rematch. Every, the NBA loves a good LeBron v Curry matchup. Next up, Clippers, forty-four and thirty-eight as well. They were the five seed last year. They didn't do a whole lot. Uh, Kenny Martin um, joins via trade with the Rockets. Mason Plumley returned, and Westbrook returned on one and two years, two-year deals, respectively. Uh, is it weird that this kind of feels like the same as the Pelicans where I'm looking at this team and I'm just like, well, you know what? It kind of all just depends on the health of Paul George and Kawhi Leonard, you know? I'm not disagreeing, but I'm also like super excited to see this team play. I cannot wait I know, to see get a Westbrook play with, with Paul George again. That was fun. That The last time that happened was one of my favorite seasons. Um... Oh, man, that was so cool. And you got Nicholas Patum, who somehow is going to still play 20 minutes a game and be an absolute liability. <laughs> like, can we just give it up, guys? Team was like, he was okay for the Hornets seven years ago. And he was good with the Blazers nine years ago. Yeah, we we can give it up. Um, but, you know, you still got Robert Covington, um, Terrence Mann, Bones Highland. Terrence Mann is, is probably your, your biggest trade chip asset. Yeah. You might get... Josh, Somebody fired. Yeah. <laughs> Josh Primo was brought over. He's got Zubats running the center. Uh, Plumley backing that up. Not an awful. That's a that's a safe, steady center rotation right there. Um, but you know, we we know we know the deal. It's what Paul George and Kawhi Leonard are going to take you. I lose. Don't forget about the coach. Are going to take you as far as as far as you might get. So where? Where do you where do you see him going? You see, um, I'm going to be optimistic. I, I think they can be a contender. I really do. If they stay healthy. Yeah. No. Exactly. I mean, they could have been a contender last year, but that big old if once again, um, it's uh, load management. Which even I think load management has, has seen its downside because the endurance required for these games and the ability to play back to back. Important. Mm-hmm. If you can't play back-to-back games with only a day in between, Guess that, what? you, you is, ain't going to be as long for this world in the playoffs. the entire playoffs, essentially, except when you have to fly to the other city. Yeah. Even, and so that's the big thing that people forget is maybe it's not a, uh, a back-to-back because there's a day in between or even, hell, two days in between. But one of those days is a travel day. Mm-hmm. And I don't know about you, but when I travel, I don't feel rested and relaxed yeah. for at least two days after. Yeah. So... That's what I mean. They got to prepare for. It. They got to be pretty much everyone's hoping they don't play the Pelicans in the playoffs because for every almost every other West Coast team, that's an actual travel. Right. Lakers play the Warriors. All right, we'll be on a bus for two hours or a plane <laughs> for thirty minutes. I forget who it was. The Warriors. Draymond Green. He said, "I hope we play the Kings in the playoffs, man. That'd be short travel. It'd be great." Yeah, I can stay. I can stick my own bed. They almost lost. They almost lost. 
God. They're they're tanking for the travel prospect. <laughs> tank to, tank for travel. Yeah, t- tank to have the better uh, travel matchup in the playoffs. Who cares about the team? We just want to sleep in our own beds. <laughs> All right, so so potential potential uh, title contender. I I kind of see I see them there. Next up, the Phoenix Suns, 45 and 37. They did some stuff this offseason. Uh, added, as I said, Grayson Allen, Keon Johnson, Nasir Little, and Nurkic with that Damian Lillard, Lillard trade. Uh, Yudoka Azabuki came over. He's on a two-way deal. Traded for Jordan uh, Jordan Goodwin, Isaiah Todd, and Bradley Beal. Signed Bull Bull. Signed Drew Eubanks. Signed Eric Gordon. Signed Damian Lee. Signed Josh Kogi. Signed U2 Wananabe. And signed Kata Bates Dia. I have to say, when the Suns first, they already had very poor depth. And then when they signed for Bradley Beal, they had even worse depth. But reading off all that, there's not a lot of like big names there and like shockers, but I think they I think they filled in the depth a little better. It's not they put bodies in there. Yeah, there's bodies. It's not as bad as like the what the Lakers had done the previous like three, four seasons, but I think it's serviceable. They're they're going to be top heavy. There's no way they they were not gonna be top heavy. When you have Booker, when you have Durant, and now you have Beal, that you know that 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 that's top heavy. I mean I've seen a play a little bit in preseason, and it's it's offense, man. There's a lot of it. Yeah, their I, defense I, isn't terrible when they're all like committed and when they're mm-hmm. engaged. I wonder about the longevity this season and how that'll hold up. Yusuf Nurkic, when he's playing, and he'll catch he catches a lot of flack, but when he's playing, he's knows what he's doing. He's he's mm-hmm. not an idiot. Um, so as long as he can stay healthy, he he'll be at least serviceable. Um, and he won't have to worry about shooting that much. He's got he's playing with goddamn Kevin Durant, Devin Booker. He'll be fine. Hey, Bradley Beal. He'll yeah. be fine. Plenty of shooting around him. Plenty. It's it's the other end of the court that we always have to mm-hmm. ask about. So we'll see if that can hold up. These guys clearly going for top spot. Definitely not looking back. Traded all of their assets for the till like 2030, 2033, who knows? So uh going, going for, going for broke. it. Going for broke. Yeah. Playoff, well, playoff lock, playoff lock. Yeah, even if they get title it. contender. Yeah, kind of. Yeah, it is what it is. All right, next. Oh, the Sacramento Kings added Chris Duarte, Alex Ledden returned, Trey Lyles returned. They signed Javale McGee, gave a extension to Dumontis Sabonis. They were 48 and 34 last season. Can they repeat last season? Can they do it? They'd kind of been building, but then they would fall off. But can they repeat and sustain the success that they had last season? I don't know if they can do it to that level, but I think they finally found some stability and with the roster. They've found some reliability with the roster. I don't think they're going to be the three seed again. I don't think they can get back. They can get there and maintain that level, but I do see them as a playoff team again. However, I do see a world where they don't, where they lose, <laughs> where they lose a play, where they, where they, where they lose a playing game. I think that that 
I, they had a very good offense last year that played fast and had good shooters. They could just have a bad shooting year. We don't know. Um, here's what I'm concerned about. I want the Kings to be respectable. I think they could be fun to watch, and they were last year. Like the beam, all for it. I don't know if I trust Demontis Sabonis and Darren Fox. They're fun as hell when they're on, but when they're off, it's like, what am I watching? What is? Why are you not doing what you're meant to do? Um, Keegan Murray, excellent, excellent shooter. Only going to get better, so... Maybe that solves the woes. Maybe that, that services what we needed to. Harrison Barnes, we know who he is. Mm-hmm. We know what he's there for. We know what he's going to do. And it's just fine. If they ever turn him into something, I'll pay attention. But until they get move on from him, I think they're going to be pretty stagnant. I <laughs> think he's like the linchpin of this team. But he's a pretty important player uh, for him. So that's concerning. <laughs> um, I don't know. I'm... It's just not that wow. It's not that wow moment yet. They got to get that one win, that one advancement to the second round to see, like, all right, you're able. They were so close, so close to doing it with the Warriors last year. And the wow moment went for the Warriors. They in and out on the three pointer last minute to close uh, it to a 3 1 lead, and they couldn't do it. The way it goes, man. They see if they can climb back. See if they're still made of it. I I think I think they are. People are gonna be prepared for them now. They cut a lot of people off guard last year, true. so that is true. Anything's being uh, on on the front page. It's it's hard to sustain. Hard to sustain in the NBA. All right, second to last team, we have the Memphis Grizzlies. Um, they got Josh Christopher in a trade. They gave uh, Desmond Bain the bag. They signed Derrick Rose, signed, uh, traded for Marcus Smart, and traded for Isaiah Todd. They finished 51-31 and 31 last season. You obviously had all the John Morant controversy last year. You had all the um, Dylan Brooks distractions, whatever, you know, typical Dylan Brooks stuff um, with you. But, you know, I, I still see this team as they're, they're going to be up there, I think. I don't. No? I think they're going to fall off. How far? Uh, I think they're going to be like six to seven to eight, like back in maybe – Depending, on it, depending how well Marcus Smart fits in, which he could, he should, he should. That's about where I see him falling. That much. That that's not a ton. There's still playoffs, mm-hmm. but I do see him getting worse. Uh, John Morant, it's expected that you're going to take a leap this year and you're going to play. You're going to be gone for like a third of the season, dude. So, is that how long the suspension is? Twenty-five games. All it's right. Close. Yeah. Um, think I they can, think they can go five hundred. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I, I, in that in that twenty five games, I think they'll probably go f- above five hundred. So um, like seventeen wins. They're going to be relying heavy on Jaron Jackson Jr. But I don't think that's that's a good thing. No, I I, I agree. He's not at, a one at this part in the season. I think he needs to ramp up into that. So at the beginning, we're going to see a lot of Marcus Smart shots. He's going to take take those shots. Um, he did it in Boston when he was playing next to Jalen Brown and. 
and Jason Tatum. I think yeah. he's going to take him next to Desmond Bain. Um, they also lost Steven Adams to a season-ending knee injury, which people talk shit. People don't like to admit how good Steven Adams was as locker room a guy, role player, and glue guy, and yes, locker room guy. The guy who kept the team's mental together. And where did it go to shit after he got hurt? Yeah. Went to the gun store, Nathan. Yeah. Went to the gun store and bought itself a gun. 25 games. A gun. A 25 game suspension. So, all I'm saying is they're missing some players, some key pieces for long term success. They may have to put some miles on a guy who they don't really want to put miles on right now, especially at a center position when he should be playing the power forward as he should. Things are just a little off. They're just a little off right now. So hopefully, I'm hoping that when John Morant either gets through what he's getting through and comes back, I'm hoping he's he's right. I'm hoping he's feeling good. I'm hoping he's he's ready for the spotlight again. Because yeah. it's, it's, it's think, bright, man. I think it's bright. In these next, these first couple games, I think you, you hope that um, the Desmond Bain becomes like a true two. Jaron Jackson be like the three... Who's I mean, he's defensive player of the year. He, he's great on that end. Bain's a good defender, but I think he's like in scoring, right? Yeah, I'm talking that. like on the offensive yeah. end. Yeah, like Jaws, your one. If you can get Desmond Bain to be like the Clay Thompson, like clear number two here, and then you have your de facto three and Jaron Jackson. I think that's where the Grizzlies would would like to be. As as I, I don't think Jaron Jackson being a major focal point of your offense is the way to go. It's never what he was in college. It's never it's, he's never been that way in the NBA. He's been a defender. Yeah, you let him do what he's really good at. He's defensive player of the year. So mm-hmm. let him let him eat. All right, last team, Denver Nuggets. They are tanking. The, yeah, tank defending champions. Gonna def, tank. Fifty three twenty nine last year. I guess they'll, they'll probably be okay again. They uh, agreed to deal with Justin Holiday, Reggie Jackson, DeAndre Jordan returns. Zeke Naji got a four-year extension. It's kind of about it. They're running it back, and why wouldn't you? I only wish that they were able to keep Bruce Brown. Uh, he was yeah. a, a pretty key cog for that machine. And In Indiana now? Or yeah. did that work? Oh, yeah. yeah, Indiana. Um, Two-year, 42 mil. So... Yeah, get paid, man. Yeah. It's uh, but no. Anyway, he he, that team, Denver, is got. They're the ones to beat. They've got the belt. They've got the title. They're the guys, the toughest targets on their back, toughest on the block, as they should be, because they're Nikola Jokic is really good. He's really good. So people don't get it when they watch him play. They're like, I don't get it. What he does is he's not wasteful. He does not waste. He passes the ball where he needs to go. When he gets the ball, he passes it on. He keeps it moving. If he needs to shoot, he will. And good Lord, he can hit it. He, there's some amazing shots that hit on the Lakers that were just absolute daggers in, like, the second quarter. In the third quarter, he's hitting these, like, just one-legged three-pointers into the shot clock. And it's just like, hey, man, if they're making those, what's the point? Yeah. It's stuff like that. Jamal Murray in his bag. Worked his way up all last season from the beginning where they're like, yeah, I don't know if he's going to come back okay to that thing. He's like, oh, he's that guy. Starting off, Bubble Murray. It's like that. Off Coming off team, like, oh, my God. Uh, I cannot wait to watch Nuggets play. This is one of those teams, it was like the Warriors, which as much as you hated to play the Warriors because you're not on the Warriors team or you're not mm-hmm. the Warriors fan base, you had to admire 
the, the way that they played. Steph Curry as a player, Clay Thompson, the offense of Steve Kerr, all that was just impressive. That same thing is with the Denver Nuggets now. Their team basketball, this is the way that basketball was intended. It was so, it's so just, oh, just, mm. <laughs> just chef's kiss all over the place. Yes. Aaron Gordon, never seen him used better. He's finally in a position that is just like perfect. Mm-hmm. Which, yeah. again, I'm going to die on this hill. Nikola Jokic is the three-time in a row MVP. Yeah. Yeah. The record books are wrong. They gave it to Joel B because he had a pity party, and Boston media didn't want to give it to another white guy whose name wasn't Larry Bird, and it's just sad. But I digress. What do you think, Nathan? How do you think you're going to do? Yeah, I, I think they'll be the one seed again. I think there's high likelihood of that. I definitely think they're going uh, probably up there with, I would probably guess the Suns is up there as leading in terms of Vegas as the the favorite to come out of the West. Um, I think I think it got a little more difficult this year because I think the Lakers are a little stronger. I think if the Clippers come back healthy, they'll be good. I think the Warriors are going to be a little better. The Suns are going to be a little better. So I think it definitely got a little harder for them to come out of the West. But I, as of right now, I, I still think they're probably the favorite to come out of the West. They should be. Not by a lot, but I think they are the favorite. Yeah, they should be. Barring injury, God, God, I hope not. Last thing I think uh, we got to talk about is we had the Damian Lillard trade, and two teams in the East were affected by all this. Kind of the highlight is the Bucks got Damian Lillard, and the Celtics now have Drew Holiday. So I, not that the Celtics and Milwaukee weren't already the top two contenders in the East. Who's one and two now? Who did you have before the trade? Who do you have after? Before, I before I probably would have had the Bucks because Middleton um, will be back fully back from Agreed. the injury. Um, now, yeah, not hopefully have a back injury. Yeah. Now, I mean, Damian Lord's going to give you more offense, yes, but you you are going to lose some defense there. Yeah, um, and now you've added some steady playmaking, some good defense to the point guard spot in Boston. I mean, it's they've got uh, a taller center now, and they got Porzingis, yeah. shooter. Yeah, I, I right now I, I would. It, it's hard to say because we we don't know. We haven't seen them. I know what I'll say. I'll say the Bucks Boston, because they're the less Bucks? tampered, the less tinkered with, and although new head coach. The coaching change will be interesting. True. I don't know True. what's going to happen, but Joe Maz is, is the prove-it year for him. So I will say the, the pick and roll with Giannis and Lillard could be just Ooh. phenomenal. Ooh. The only way it could like be better if it would, would be if it was probably Steph Curry. <laughs> but that pick and roll could be like Joe Murray. Yeah. Up. Yeah, it could be really good. The only thing you're missing is is Jokic can shoot a three, and that makes the Murray Jokic mm-hmm. pick and roll better because then Jokic can back out to the three point line versus Giannis is more like okay, he has to roll to the basket. Jokic has that diverse diversity where he can go to the basket, he can stay in the mid range, he can go out to three. Murray can do whatever he wants, but that pick and roll with Lillard 
And then I think this, what I, I do really like about this is I think this really solidifies Middleton as the third guy. And I think that's a better role for him at this point versus when it was Holiday, it was still kind of like, I we think two, he's three. He was like, two, three, he was, he was, he was the closer. Yeah, he was definitely the two when it was Bledsoe. Yeah. And then you got Holiday, that was an upgrade. So now it's, a, now there was some gray area and now it's like, okay, you kind of have 1A and 1B and Giannis and Dame, and then you have Middleton as your three. I I expect his numbers are probably going to go down a little bit, but I think he's going to get some more open looks. He's going to be able to, I think, really find a good role in this offense because there's going to be so much attention on Giannis and on Dame. I, I, I think I think out of everybody, obviously this benefits the Bucks. It, they just – they try to mention that, signed Giannis to a three-year extension no less than an hour and a half ago. And that is a direct product of them getting Dane because he said, I want to play where I know I have a chance at winning. And the Bucks showed him good faith. Hey, we are doing what we think can get you wins, get you more championships. And if I bring in Damian Lillard and he said, I see that and I'm going to reward you, I guess, with an extension. Um, so I, you know, I think I, I just I think I think it could open up Middleton's game a little bit this year. I think, and the rest of the roster is is uh, is largely the same. You still have Brook Lopez there. I, I I do think they could use a little more depth, to be honest. Or they're, they're, yeah. but we're so late into the game now, it's going to be hard to do to get any of that um, well, without know. trades. But there, there'll be some trade is what yeah. I expect. Some some asset trades without like. I think they're going to be trying to trade picks, second rounders, mm-hmm. um, to pick up some slack, maybe sign some cheap guys, some one-way deals or two-way deals. But we'll see. We'll see. Yeah. But um, what about the uh, what about the the Celtics? Yeah. So so, so your so your lineup is Holiday, said, Brown, yeah. Tatum, Porzingis, and Horford. Yeah. Uh, well, that's the question, isn't it? I, who's Theoretically, the whole center, right? You know how you play? You playing Kristaps at the five? I don't think so. Yeah. Okay, so then. So Kristaps at the Tatum five. Tatum four, Brown nope. three. Horford four. Horford at the four. Tatum three, Brown two. And then Drew Holiday one. And Derek White six man. Derek White or put Derek White at the one. Um, They've also got a little uh, speedy PP action, Peyton Pritchard, uh, who's, who's been looking pretty good, looking pretty good in the offseason. Let's see. Give him like a two or three year extension, I think. Yeah, uh, you got like Lamar Stevens. Um, they were able to get him. I think they obviously uh, got him in a trade. You know, I don't think that's – he was on – you know, he's been on – he played pretty decently for the Cavs last year. Yeah. Um, you know, kind of looking at the roster, you know, I, we lost some depth. You know, there's no, no, you obviously lost Brogdon, you lost Williams, you lost Williams, you lost Smart. So I think there's, I think there's why their starting lineup got better. You know, their their depth took a little bit of a hit. Um, but if you're able to rotate a lot of these starters kind of around each other. Where they're not, it's all it, where you're not doing like a hockey, like like just blind shift, where five in, five out, and you're kind of able to always keep two of Porzingis, Tatum, Brown, and 
Holiday on on the court, I think you're going to be able to be okay with the lack of depth and skill of that depth position that they lost acquiring Porzingis and Holiday. So I think there's there's definitely a way that they can make that rotation work. Yeah. I mean, obviously, you know, we we right now you you love a a Bucks Celtics Eastern Conference Finals series, um, but you know you, you clearly can't count out Miami. <laughs> um, because every year we think they're not going to get there. They they do, and the Sixers just kind of feel like an unknown right now because James Harden is not reporting to any preseason team. A bit of a struggling team, approach. Yeah, team activities or anything like that. So, you know, I think it's kind of weird. You know, we had that shift for a couple of years where, you know, the West had been so good for so long you know, clearly the better one. And then now, like, we shifted to the East, and now I think we're back to where the West is clearly the better conference, whereas the past, maybe not last year, but, you know, two, three years ago, I was like, you know, the East is really solid, but the Stars have migrated back to the West. Durant is back in the West now. That West Coast living's tough. Tough to get away from. Yeah, I mean, you know, I'm I'm looking at, uh, you know, maybe Cleveland's. Maybe, you know, the Knicks will be there in Miami, but um, I see more teams who can win the Western Conference than I see teams who could win the Eastern Conference. I think there's two teams who could win the Eastern Conference, realistically. I think there's maybe maybe four who could win the West. It's a lot tighter race. You're right. But um, I don't know. I think it's uh, we've got expectations going into the year like we always do, and I'm looking forward to being wrong on a lot of things. Yeah, starts tomorrow. Yeah, I do. And we'll be uh, we'll be coming back to you more frequently as we can. Uh, but until then, peace.